Welcome to episode 145 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and this week I am joined by Kevin. We are two artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and all-around shit-talkers. And each week we take some of The Endless Stream of content brought to you through Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Amazon Prime, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your content. We take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. This week we are talking about Jeremy Allen White and Zac Efron, Amora Tierney. Can't remember the rest of the actors in the iron claw on top of that we touch on nerd news as always and trailer news and just the nonsense going on in our respective lives aiden cooks his shoes if you enjoy what you hear please consider subscribing to the podcast heading over to itunes heading over to spotify rating reviewing liking subscribing all of those good things really help us out on top of that you can follow us on instagram at the endless cast where we put up art and clips to go with each episode and you can send us an email at theendlesscast at gmail.com. Both Instagram and Gmail are a great place to suggest something for us to watch, disagree with an opinion, reach out, get in touch, tell us what you think. All of that being said, let's get into the episode. That's the, that's the bus I used to get from my old domicile to work. And now I get a different bus, but you'll never know. Because we're not that close. Oh. Um... Do you think you'd ever stay over at my house? Do I think I would ever stay over at your house? Yeah. I have stayed over at your house. Yeah, but like when I'm there. Oh, um, well, that's a big ask. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, Are, sure. No, when, I res- when, I, when are we talking? When are we talking? Oh, no, I, I, I received my invitation out. Is that the word? <gasps> Rescind. Rescind. I knew I was saying it wrong. Rescind. Uh, just fix that in post, yeah? Fixing it as we speak. <laughs> great. How um, has your day been, sir? My day was great. Great, great, great. What a good day in work. Tattooed a, good- a lovely gentleman from Scotland. Uh, he's from Aberdeen. And I gave him his first three tattoos today. Uh, three? Two, two Queen of the Stone Age ones, and then one scorpion on his forearm. It was, it was good fun. And I tattooed a lady after him uh from wicklow and i did a spider on her stomach so we're a bit of a, a bit of a critters day sounds busy though right how many you did three on him and a spider on, him, her, so. on her yeah that's that's the kind of like you no know, basically time wise it's a normal day you know okay like it doesn't really matter to me if i'm doing a three hour piece or three one hour pieces if you get me or whatever you know what i mean yeah, is there is there much difference though in like having to prep? Oh well, like, like I'm sure ninety percent of other artists and stuff would say yeah, but not for me, no. Like not really, no. Like kind of, I just like if I have to draw one big thing, that could take me three hours. If I do mm-hmm. smaller bits, that could take me three hours. And then tattooing them is essentially going to take me the same amount of time. The only the only the only difference really is like you're putting on separate stencils, but ultimately like nah, doesn't really matter. Okay. And, and and dealing with, like, people's, like, whatever about the prep, the people as well, I guess you had, you knew what you were doing ahead of time? Mm, one of the, uh, the, the Scottish gentleman booked in last night, and then uh, my afternoon appointment had booked in, like, a couple of days previous, because I had space this week. Okay. Yeah. I have not had a particularly, have I had a particularly exciting week? Have I had a particularly? Well, you asked me about my day, you didn't ask me about my week. Uh, let me, let me, let me How was your expand day? upon that. How was my day? My day was, uh, f- frustrating. Um, I am going to London this weekend, uh, as you mentioned, I believe you mentioned, or did we mention this already? I am going to London this weekend and I went to pick up my shoes. I have a pair of shoes I like, and I got the soles of them, uh, resold. Nice. Where the, f- you got a cobbler? You got a, you got a, you got a guy? I got a guy. This is the third time I've resold them. It's the second time I've gone to the guy, this guy. Um, but I said, oh, I'm going away on Friday. He said, I'll have them for you Thursday. And uh, I went down to get them today. And there's a sheet of paper in the window that says, closed for a few days. Sorry. And so I then had to go, well, I don't have an appropriate pair of shoes anymore. I've got runners that are in rag order since I cooked them in your oven. I've... Um, I've um, did, did, another, did you, another pair of gym. Did you cook some runners in my oven? No. Okay. No. 
This is why you're. This this is why you only say. This is why you're only in my house when I'm not here. Uh, no, no, no. Cook them in my oven. I mean, I'm more just. I just don't understand why. I don't have necessarily an issue. You do. So it, I, I went why. and um, it's very. It was very cold in your house because it's very cold in your house. Um, uh, well, some of us are made of stronger stock. To be fair. Uh, normally, rural country people are uh, of a hardier kind than you affluent uh, city dwellers. Do you have, do do you have like heated floors in your house? No. Do you? I'd say your house is pretty cold, don't know. Yeah, it's pretty cold. We're having plumbing issues though. Like it shouldn't be cold, but we're having plumbing issues. Been having them for a while. But you heated your shoes up in the. Yeah, I went for a walk with Bjug, and I was in the grass, and it was the early morning, and it was cold, and it was cold in your house. Um, that is not a dig on your house, but it was cold in your house, and my shoes no, were then no. wet. And I had a day where I needed to then go around and do things, and I had wet shoes, and I'm like, okay. There's a little fire here. I'm going to put my shoes next to the fire. And I was like, oh, I just need to go. I'll, I'll turn the oven on and I'll put them just like near the oven and the heat will dry them out a bit quicker. And then I put them too far in the oven. And then I forgot that they were in the oven. And then I smelled the burning rubber and I was like, huh? and or the heating rubber. And I went and pulled them out. And like the various sorts of rubber, um, uh, they're they're cooked, they're baked, they're prepared, they're cured in specific ways to have specific consistencies, densities, adhesivenesses, and uh, when you heat them up, uh, it they messes mess. with that. I, so um, they're not great. I'm just I'm shocked. I'm just learning about this now. But uh, just just so the the listener can uh, understand, my house is very cold. Mm. I, I bought the house last year. Within a couple of weeks of living here, our boiler went bust. We are trying to get work done to the house and we don't know what kind of boiler we'll get or where it will go. So we have not got a new boiler. That was last April. It is now f- almost March and we have survived the winter without a boiler mm. or any heat, I should say, uh, which is fine. We have an electric car. That's, so that's, that's pretty easy. But uh, plenty of blankets and hot water bottles. But actually, to be honest, I haven't really done much of that. But I run hot, as you well know, Aiden, as you probably have, know most, more than most people. You're a, you're a toasty boy. I'm a toasty boy. I got the toast inside me. The Living Furnace would be my name if I was in some sort of traveling freak show. The Toasty Man. They call the him the man. Toasty Man. What would your what would your tra- he enjoys the just, ham and cheese toasty? People would just come up to me and like they wouldn't they wouldn't be allowed to touch me because you'd have to feel the heat radiating off me to actually understand how furnace like I am. But yeah, what would you be on a traveling circus? Um, I would be the the dweeb. The geek. The geek. Mm. The geek is the, the uh, original term, correct? Those are the guys that bit the heads off chickens, isn't that what we were saying? Yeah, they were just they were just the uh, they were the unfortunate people without any uh, visible uh, talents. Talents that would separate them from, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm currently reading X Men. Which X Men? Uh oh no. X Men. I've started at number one. Um, oh shit! Yeah, uh, a couple of issues in. Oh, I'm just doing it kind of like in and out of the bus or whatever. You know, I got a I got a cool little epic collection of the first uh, twenty three issues. I'm reading that, and I have other bits and bobs, you know, lined up. But uh, I'm I've read the issue where they introduced the blob, the blob, <laughs> and uh, wild. Oh. Uh, well, it's just like he's he's he. They find uh, Charles Xavier detects a mutant, so all the guys go out in the town to try and find a mutant. Iceman thinks he found one, but it's actually just a guy using a magnifying glass to burn stuff, not his hand. Right, 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 right. Beast thinks he finds the guy floating above the city, but as he scales the building, he realizes he's standing on a glass perspex box used for some sort of advertisement, and oh, he's in the, he's in fact not floating. Cyclops, however, traces the anomaly to a freak show and witnesses the Blob in all his glory. And the Blob is, well, you know, despite his name and stuff, well, he, he basically, he's a meanie anyways. He's not a nice guy. Uh, but they're also like, fucking Scott walks in and says like, oh, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. The X-Men don't take no for an answer. And it's just like, you can't force him to join the X-Men, you weirdos. Uh, yeah, anyways, that's it. He's in a freak show. Poor old blob. Well, that character was always like, like, did he get more 
elaborately conceived as he went on. Like, well, uh, it was they all... well, I just mean like at first it was like he's fat, right? But did they give him a weight no, he... or like a density or a kinesia? What like? Oh, so basically, like in the comics or in the, the first issue, they kind of go on about how like he can manipulate his mass or something like that essentially but they do go into how like you can't move him uh once he kind of centers his gravity in a certain place as though he can't move he right. has like impenetrable skin he's super strong he's this and he's that you know and he's super fast right he's super fast he's like an elephant, is, like he's all muscles yeah blob yeah exactly blob is a really fast guy despite his size uh, i was reading a book which is uh rare for me um a book with no pictures? A book with no pictures, yeah. I was reading a book. I don't understand. Um, I was reading Ian M. Banks's Inversions. Um, I have read a number of Ian M. Banks books. I'm very, very slowly reading this author's books. There's 10 books in the Culture series. And uh, I've read about four of them now, I think. And I started in 2015. So I think I think I should get through them all by 2035. Right. As I say that out loud, I'm like, I should hurry this up because I could just read these fucking things. Um, yeah, they're they're young. They're what? They're young adult fiction. No, they're not young adult fiction. Thank you very they're, much. They're 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 ch- hard sci-fi. Thank you. Fiction. Um, um, version is a science fiction novel by Scottish writer Ian M. Banks, first published in 1998. Mm. That's that's all I want to know about. What's it about? So here's what I like about Ian M. Banks's books. Um, they are broad, galaxy-spanning, future civilization-level sci-fi things. There are concepts like you would see in things like The Foundation and stuff where, you know, like, people live for X amount of time, longer than us, they've got clones, basically they download their body's consciousness when they go and do something risky so they can always, like boot up a new version like a like a save point like a, a backup version um would, would you would you have an issue with that or would you do something like that oh i do that yeah yeah I, the, I there's that. um there's the ai consciousnesses that are acknowledged as um just people so that like ships are That's powered nice. ships are powered by some ships anyway i think are powered by like they have a consciousness and they're erratic individuals as well. You know, like some of them are normal, some of them are chaotic, some of them are crazy. They've got weird names. The names of ships are funny, you know, like there's a bit of Douglas Adams to them as well, you know, like because mm-hmm. the ships get to choose their names. There's some, they, they can be something very fucking weird. Um, people have little like R2-D2 like floating drones that are, but like there's a lot of that. But there's also this kind of like, uh, there's this idea that like people from the high end of the culture might go to a planet where it all intents and purposes it's industrial revolution era mm-hmm. but they're aware that there's this other race of people outside you know mm-hmm. they're like oh we're behind these guys that come to visit us occasionally um or in the case of this book that i just read um, it may as well be medieval fantasy mm-hmm. so it's oh, yeah, Lawrence like, yeah, playing okay. with catapults and i read this whole book because because i'm not as clued in or paying attention to it as a media or as a culture or as a as a as a uh, form, yeah. Um, I I just I was just like, oh, it's another Ian Max book. Pick it up and read it. And I was like, I read the entire book, waiting for it to be a sci-fi book, and it just never was. It was just a fantasy book the entire time. <laughs> oh god! And I was like, ah, we just spent a book on one of the fantasy planets. Cool. Oh wow. Okay, interesting. <laughs> um, now there was one character in it who was like the doctor, and the doctor was like tolerated because she knew more about medicine than anyone else and was a good doctor but she was very secretive and she had a language that people didn't quite understand and it's like so that was that was somebody from the culture or like okay. from the the expanded universe yes, yes. but they I, I kept going okay they're going to reveal it they're going to deal with it we're going to explain why she's here and they're going to i was like nope spoilers for inversions um, uh, it, it was cool anyways. um it was a cool book When's the TV movie out? I don't know. I don't think that Ian M. Banks books are, are bound for um, uh, uh, translation. Now, translation, maybe. Translation, adaption. Adaptation? Adaptation, um, that's the word. I don't know that they are, simply because I don't think they are as 
what's the word as massively celebrated as yeah. something like Isaac Asimov you know when they go to make the foundation um, okay and right now, a lot of the fantasy adaptations that are kicking off are very deeply rooted in um, romanticy, is the word they're using now. Things like, um, uh, oh God, uh, that that uh, fairy book, A Court of Thorns and Roses. And that's just like fantasy smut. So it's like Mills and Boons meets Lord of the Ring Rings. Um, apparently it's the biggest or one of the biggest genres in publishing at the moment is just like smutty books and like it makes sense because you have a generation of people that grew up or a generation of women and men to be fair who grew up with um lord of the rings and uh harry potter and and all of those things and they're reaching a a point of like uh the uh, they're reaching a point where they want a little more smut in their regular people just don't do it for me anymore i want my man in chain mail and a sword yes and and a fairy who can't be with her but 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 it's a love that cannot be and yet and yet it is oh what will this do for our people yeah it's smutty smuttiness smutty smut um so you read you read a lot of it that it sounds oh oh i'm up to me i'm up to me i'm up to me tits i'm up to me i'm up to me Tits and smut. Fairy tits. Uh, so uh, I finished that. Mm-hmm. And I just started watching uh, the the pilot of Avatar, The Last Airbender. Did you see that's oh, on Netflix? A, no, I didn't. No, no, didn't realize that. Okay, how do you feel about it? Are you just gonna so far, so good. So far, it's like, it's like I don't know if, if Brian would disagree. Shout um, out to Brian. Hope you're well. I Enjoy your rock you. climbing. Um, oh, he's gone rock climbing, is he? He's gone rock climbing today. Oh, with Pete, yeah. Mm. He's got a he's got a, a little weekly rock climbing thing going. Um, we're not recording on a usual day here. We're recording a little early because I'm going away here. Um, Are you 40 this year? No. Next year? Five years from now. Mm. Are you the same age you, as Brian? You, no, I'm fucking younger than Brian. Brian is older. Okay. Significantly older. He's not not significantly older. He's significantly older. Okay, well, if Brian is significantly older than you, to to you, you're significantly older than me. Yeah, you're 22. I'm 30. Brian's 40. We know this. (laughs) Yeah. I hope no one sees us in real life. They'll be disappointed. Someone told me I was 46. Well, you've, you've had a tough life. Yep. They were trying to, I think they were nagging me. They were nagging you. Yeah. Get, you're getting hit on a lot at work, are you? That week I was. Hmm. Valentine, something that, in the air. That was that was the same the same person. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. Busy, busy. Sorry, Avatar: Last Airbender. Uh, so far, so good. So far, it looks cool. It looks uh, incredible. There, there is a point. There is a thing happening when I'm watching it where I'm just like, Do we need this? Like, can I not just watch the TV series? Why am mm. I watching? shot for shot this you know like i was looking at his tattoos going yeah of course just do that i don't know why they didn't just do that the fucking first time like why did they have to make them more innate costume designers that go out of their fucking way to make their lives harder when the design that people want is right fucking there yeah yeah i know that i I know exactly what you're saying and i don't sometimes i don't understand kind of that mentality It's it's like hey we're gonna make a thing of this show it's like okay cool so we have this massive backlog of like resources and material and references and x y and z it's just like yeah cool let's ignore all of it shit on it make something that people don't like and then just like never do anything like this again yeah like the the like i was looking at the costumes that you see in madam web because there's clips of that going around the place and looks like dog shit but it's like we know what like we know what these various Spider Woman costumes look like. Why fuck with them? We had Tobey Maguire Spider Man. We had Andrew Garfield Spider Man. And guess which version of Spider Man was the most beloved, costume wise? The one that looked like fucking John Byrne's fucking Spider Man. You know, yeah. like the, the one that looked like John Romita's Spider Man when it finally landed. You know, the like the webs are black on the suit. The gla- the 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 the, co- the eyes are white. The eyes are white and they move. Like yeah. once it fucking looked right, everyone was like, "There it is, there it is." Yep. Yep, that's the what the challenge is not to redesign the costume. The challenge is to make the costume that everybody loves work. Exactly, just make it realistic or believable in, in that world. Yeah, um, make it work. I, I, I have... Did you watch Madam Web? I've seen some of it. I went to the cinema and I caught the first, like, 30 minutes. 
Weird. Ding. No, it's, yeah, whatever. Um, you know what? Believe what you want. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's dog shit. It's so dog shit. And in the opening scene, is a part where uh, Dakota Johnson, who I think is great, is talking to is it Andrew Scott or Adam Scott? Now I get the confused. Adam Scott. Adam Scott. That makes sense. Mm. But um, it's talking to Adam Scott, and he's Uncle Ben technically. And she, mm. they're driving through Queens or something, and then she's just like, "Oh, come on! It's not as if you're gonna get like shot here." And it's mm. just like, ugh. Yeah, just it's 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 just it's just a bizarre one. Why did they make a movie like that? Why did they make a movie? Why not just make a Spider Man or sorry, a Spider Woman movie? Why not just do that? Yeah. Why why I, not the, just do that? The moment they were like, the moment they were like, when Dakota Johnson was announcing, like, I'm so glad to be able to play this iconic character. I was like, she's not an iconic character. She's not. Like, she isn't. Maybe I'm detached from the fucking comic book world, but she's an oddball fucking footnote that exists in the comic books. A weird element of the fucking animated series, so people kind of know she is. I'm like, why are we doing Madam Web? But did Madam oh, Web, like, fuck. I can't even remember how, uh, what do you call it, how, um, oh, how do I say this? How present she was in that series. But I do remember it ending with her and being like, what the fuck? You know? Mm. Yeah. Now let's go find your Mary Jane. Uh, uh, it's like the time when you're like, and I'm sure it's probably still, could potentially still be in some sort of pipeline, development pipeline. Um, but like when they announced they were going to make it a, a, an at May movie. And it's just like, like, no one wants that. No one wants that. What? Why? Why would they... I don't want an Uncle Ben movie. I don't want an at May movie. I don't want the fucking, you know. Oh, whatever. Yeah. It's just bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look. Uh, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. It's looking well so far. It, it was literally that. It was the case of just like digressing avatar mm. i get it one piece i know it's just like maybe they're hoping to capture a new audience that isn't necessarily interested in anime and all that kind of stuff but these stories mm. are good and elaborate and people love them so they're trying to bring it to an audi- new audience however i also understand that like we're getting a lot of this stuff manga, manga anime has blown up so fucking big i think there's a thing as well where people <laughs> still don't want to watch cartoons and well, I don't grown get ups, it. Grown ups don't watch don't watch cartoons. Get it? But they'll I can't watch fucking grown ups. Pick a Rick. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. get it. If it's not kind of like I suppose, like their their people's attention span for cartoons, kind of it's like or tolerance for it. It's like if it's absolutely out there, wacky and zany, and twenty minutes long and slapstick, fine. But if it's any sort of like kind of like you know, world building, character building, whatever. I think it's, a, it's a, people struggle with it because it's just like I'm not going to invest my time into a Kitty Scott dude. Yeah, it's weird that it's um because I still talk to people that are just like, oh Pixar movies, they're my guilty pleasure. It's like guilty pleasure. Yeah. People have spent their entire lives learning to do this to entertain you, and you think it's something you should be ashamed of. And they've reached the, essentially the pinnacle of you know what would be considered one of the pinnacles of the industry. You know, getting to the likes of Pixar and doing that stuff at that level. Mm. but um, yeah so Avatar I will check it out man the trailer looked cool uh, I didn't watch much of the cartoon I think they're for kids but you know what I mean <sighs> any any trailers this week any movie news let's see let's do a quick see I know there was um, okay uh, Borderlands did you watch the trailer for Borderlands no alright um, is it done in this, is, it, <sighs> is, it, is it done in the style of the game or yeah, kind of. I was very surprised because I was like, that's got a lot That's got a lot that could go wrong um, visually. You know, like it's a lot to like commit I've to. Seen, I've um, seen I've seen some very cool cosplayers pull it mm, off, you know, in, mm. a, in, a, in a live action sense, but that wouldn't necessarily translate to a movie well, full of those They're going movies. for it. So you've, okay, you've, interesting. Um, you have Kate Blanchett and... Oh, really? Uh, Jane, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and um, Kevin Hart and Bobby Lee pops up in it a bit. I only mention him because uh, I listen to his podcast, so he's been talking about it for fucking ages. Um, What's it called? Borderlands. Do you want to have a look at it? No, I don't. All right. No, I'll, I'll, I'll queue it for later, but just like Kevin Hart. Mm. 
Mm. Um, aside from that, I Kate don't Blanchett know. is in it though. She's great. It is interesting watching. Um, I'm seeing a lot of like Killian Murphy's interviews and things happening at the moment. They did like a 60 minutes interview. You can find clips of it, and it's so fucking funny because it's like the guy doing the introduction. It's such a stilted old time American guy. I don't know. America's probably like, we know who this is. This is this famous person that we like and have a sweet affection for. But he's just like, 2023 was the year that the world learned to pronounce Killian. And like every sentence out of his mouth for the first like two and a half minutes starting this interview process is just like, Ireland is a mystical land of mystical mysticalness full of enigmas and mystical confusions and puzzles. Killian can be found in mystical bars where stories are told and he wants to be alone and what does Irishness mean to you? And he's like, there's a moment when he gets asked the first fucking question and his head rolls back and he laughs and you know in his head he went ah, for fuck's sake. (laughs) And then he just has to answer the question and it's just the Oscar push, you know. We're going to keep seeing these interviews and these like movie star like publicity moments and it's funny because ordinarily what these are supposed to be doing is landing landing the fucking carrot like making him known as a charismatic and charming and wonderful presence and i look at him and i just see the little bit of like i fucking hate this you know (laughs) like yeah like it's funny kind of but you touched on a good point there because like obviously kind of killian and barry and uh, Paul and Andrew, Andrew and all these Irish and actors. And... Oh, but just just at the moment, mm, do you know mm, what I mean? Like, because mm. uh, all of us strangers, which I did watch, it was great. Um, uh, but um, yeah, all these, all the, all these things. So obviously, Ireland is in is in the public eye uh, a lot. You know, these guys are in there a lot. Like Killian is everywhere. But it's like it's also kind of has just opened the floodgates to wow. <laughs> people really be that ignorant towards Ireland, huh? Like, it's wild. Wild. Absolutely wild. The, people have such preconceived notions of all of this stuff. Mental. It's like you kind of see how, like, seriously they don't take us. But then, you know, that's probably our fault. Whatever. But I think it's just they don't know. Like, it's just this caricature of Irish. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, kind of like, like, you know... You could have, like, kind of, like, say, actors from different places, not just America there, and they'll be talking to them. But any time kind of to talk to Irish people, it gets a little bit diddly-eye, you know? Mm-hmm. It, just a little bit. And it's just like, that's, like, you wouldn't say that to, like, an, uh, a British actor. Or you wouldn't go that way with, like, a, a French actor. You know what I mean? Like, it'll be taken a little bit more. But I suppose people just think, oh, the Irish are great crack. You can have, you know, whatever with them. Ah, Killian, you're you're great crack, you are. You're great crack. Ah, you're great crack with the eyes and the eyes and the crack and the eyes. Crack, cracky eyes. Huh? He, he, it's like, I see Killian now and it's like, God, he looks a bit, a little bit different, doesn't he? But then you just realise, nope, he's just getting older. Like yeah, it's all. Fucking 50 something, isn't he? 52? Yeah. And it's like, surely he was a, a heavily established name in 2023. This is the thing. Peaky Blinders ran for six fucking seasons. He's in three fucking back. Um, Batman movies. Yeah, he was in Red Eye. That was huge. Uh, the Wind of Shakespeare he did quite well. Yeah, that won Oscars like fucking mad things. Yeah. Twenty eight days later. I mean, that's two thousand and three, yeah. but it's like it's a it's no. a horror classic. But like, but like he's he's known anyways. But um, speaking of Go people, for it. Go for it. Speaking look, of people, speaking Which? of people that look different than I remember. Go on. You watched it. I watched it. Ah. Uh. The Iron Claw. Yes. So, All right. So, uh, Jeremy Allen White. Hang on, Aiden. What the fuck do you think? Zach Efron. Spoiler alert. This Two is going to be spoiler heavy. We'll just do a spoiler heavy one because you can't talk about this <laughs> yeah. movie. It's a true story and it's going to be spoiler heavy. I wasn't aware of the true story uh, that it was based on. I have done a little bit more research and I found out more. And um, mm. it's fascinating stuff. Let's go. Did you enjoy it? Um, well, like, kind of, yeah, if you can enjoy a movie like that, yes. It's it's a fucking tough tale of misery and war. It's fascinating, isn't it? Fascinating. Fascinating. True story. But so, you were saying, Jeremy... Jeremy Allen White, Zac Efron, other brothers, a father, 
Maura Tierney, I think, was the mother. Um, sure, I just, I just, I, I know her from ER. Yep, that's the lady. Um, okay. So, first of all, let's talk about the elephant Titus in the room. Um, he man, Zac Efron has grown to enormous proportions, and his head looks insane. And there, there, it takes there you out go the movie, now. man. It takes huh? out the movie, though. It takes it's out the movie. So sometimes. odd. It's so inhuman. And then if you Google the guy he's playing, doesn't look like that. <laughs> doesn't look like that. Why did look, they give him the weird He-Man hair? I mean, he must have had something like that in the fucking seventies, eighties. But they, they could have just done it better. They didn't have to kind of like, like basically, it's just like he's a different person. Just Zach Efron should just grow his hair out, and they should cut it in a seventies type style, and just move on, move on. But Zach Zach Efron suffered. An accident. Broke his jaw, isn't that what they said? Broke his jaw. Mm. Which, to be honest, like, I'd say that is absolutely true. And I'd say he did get reconstructive surgery. And he probably just went too far with the reconstructive surgery. Yeah, there's an element of... I don't know. There's an element of... It's Hollywood-like, you know? Like, once you're, once you're fixing the jaw, it's like, well, we could just pull it out a little bit as well and make the chin a little stronger. And, oh, like, while you're recovering, you should probably take some growth hormone just to make the neck a bit... Also, we want you to be this huge wrestler guy so let's hit you with x amount of steroids the guy is huge in this movie um so this is the tale of the von erich brothers kevin von erich dan von erich the, the true story of Carrie the inseparable von erich brothers who made history uh, with the intensely competitive world of professional wrestling in the early 1980s it yep. was kevin von erich david von erich uh, Mike Von Erich and Kerry Von Erich. Yeah, yeah. And this is, you see their father driving them to uh, wrestling success, the wrestling success that he never had. He seems to be an overbearing parent that puts their, um, commodifies his love for them. So uh, depending on who's the most successful is the, the kid he loves the most, um, which is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, it is... A great performance. I think the problem for me with it is this sort of story, true or not, is it falls into the biopic end of things, which is, you know, like rise to success, then excess, uh, disaster, failure, and and, and lessons learned. Uh, so lessons Ray, learned. Ray, uh, you don't think Zach Efron learned lessons? Uh, two of Zach Efron's children became wrestlers, I believe. But were they uh, uh, driven to it by a megalomaniac know, father with no sense of emotional uh, depth? Well, I, um, I found both parents were quite cold and... Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know, look, I can't, I can't speak for, for uh, um, Kevin Von Erich's, you know, life after the fact. Uh, I don't know. I didn't look into, into that too much. I just do know two of his kids are wrestling. And I was kind of surprised because just how brutal they had it you know but i suppose yeah. you have a legacy of a legacy and like if you if you're if your family or your kind of uncles or grandparents or aunties or whatever was part of that legacy yeah you, you know you might be kind of enamored by it and think yeah i want to be a part of that you know i was thinking about it afterwards the concept of the iron claw when we see dan deliver the iron claw and when we see um zach deliver the iron claw and the movie like they refer to his father's finishing with they, they they talk about using his father's iron claw and it's this thing that's like they are all within the grasp of their father's iron claw and they all suffer for it and until they can get out from under it they can get out from his grip they can't be better people if that makes sense they can't yeah that's um, a good good show and there's an interesting thing that happens as well that like this film is is riddled with tragedy um and like this is why we say there's a spoiler ca- a, a spoiler element to this because everybody fucking dies yeah mostly right um like uh, and and each death and each tragedy and each uh, thing is pretty heavily foreshadowed usually to Zac Efron's character and any of these tragedies that happen happen off screen so i will say something about that uh, you're right you know, it, the movie the, the the movie is riddled with tragedy, of course, hence the Van Eric, you know, curse. Mm. Um, so there's actually a bit more tragedy in it than you realize. Go or for it. They, tell they, tell, they, tell uh, me more. Was it love at first sight? So 
basically, mm-hmm. there was another brother. Now, there's a brother they say was dead. Jake or Jack kid. or something. Right. Is that so, the one you're talking about or is there another one? There's another one. Okay. Tell me. So, this I is... I heard somebody say that this was... <laughs> they were just like, this is too much of a bummer to even put in the movie. Essentially, yeah. Uh, so, let me just kind of... I have a thing here that I can read or else I can just right. talk normally. Whatever you want. I think read. I think let's let's okay. get the... Well, you, you tell me what is the most, uh, like, respectful way to deal with what is probably a tragedy. Is oh, it to no, hear this, an analytical this... approach to it? Well, I know what you're saying. Uh, we just... Ah, just tell clear. me, just tell me. Just, just tell my me. facts, right. The patriarch of the family, uh, he died of cancer uh, in 1987 at the age of 68. Uh, right. That's the father. We know he, he pretty much died alone as, as, as far as I know, but, uh, or, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's how it was yeah. alluded to. But, um, but anyways, he, he, five of his six sons has pre- had preceded him, obviously, in death. The firstborn, Jack Jr., was accidentally shocked and drowned in a puddle at the age of six in 1959 outside their home. Shocked or shot? Shocked. S-H-O-C-K-E-D. Okay. Shocked and drowned in a puddle, which is horrendous. Hmm. Then, in 1984, that was in 1959, and then in 1984, David Von Erich died in a Tokyo hotel from... Uh, what was, what was uh, it? Ruptured it? intestines. Ruptured intestines, yeah. Um, uh, at the age of 25, Mike, Chris, and Kerry mm. all committed suicide. We know in the movie, you see Mike. We see Mike and Kerry. Yes, Who's they Chris? don't talk. They don't. That's what I'm saying. There's a there's another brother that they never they didn't include in the movie at all. Right. I don't think he was a part of the wrestling thing, but he also committed suicide. Jesus. So we know Chris. Uh, the the movie implies that Chris is essentially forced, or that Mike is essentially forced into the wrestling, that he's more of a musician, and that's that's where his, his passion lies. Yeah. Um, but he's injured in a he's injured he's injured in the ring. Yeah, there's a shoulder break or something. Yeah, and then something kind of goes awry in the surgery, and he essentially gets toxic shock syndrome on his brain and suffers a brain injury, and has is like a shadow of himself. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that's that scene in the movie where they're eating at the dinner table when Mike comes home and stuff is so fucking brutal. I don't know what it was, man. It just really hit me hard because, like, you know, there is this that guy thing where you see somebody like you see somebody like look up from their meal happy that they've achieved something yeah and looks around and sees that everybody's looking at his his minor achievement like horrified at it and he's like oh the thing i did like i was kind of happy with that for a minute and that's yeah. so it's so upsetting and like the fact that kind of you see this guy and like you know in that in that scene with the dinner table i was just like oh god he used to be like a super talented music like, imagine like just like you know essentially someone like that and something like that happened in your life to someone you know such a great spark and was like you know passionate about music or this or that and you just see them like a shell of themselves it's just it's just really sad it's really horrendous um and then we obviously see mike goes into his room he struggles to play music mm. Oh no! Yeah, Mike, uh, and then he, we see him take an overdose, uh, uh, and then kind of walks out to a lake and dies. That was 1987. It was a year after David died, uh, and Mike was 23 years old. Chris shot himself in the head with a nine millimeter mag, uh, millimeter handgun in 1991 at the age of 21, mm. and Kerry shot himself in the chest in the family yard in 1993 at the age of 33. Yeah. Do we know anything about Chris, though? You, you said that it's such a bummer that he wasn't in, in... Like, why are we saying... Well, I think... I think like, the only given that everyone else killed themselves, why was it so abhorrent to... Or why was it so sad to not include this guy? I, I don't know why Chris was left out of it, actually. It's a good question. Because actually... Because I'm just Googling now. And he seems to have been a wrestler himself. He was a wrestler. Hmm. Um, on September 12, 1991, about 9pm, Chris was found by his brother Kevin and mother outside the family farm in Eden... Uh, suffering from a self-inflicted gunshot wound uh, to the head. According to Kevin, uh, Chris came to him in the middle of the night wanting to uh, back a video cassette recorder, uh, VCR. Kevin borrowed from him. After noticing Chris sitting alone on top of the hill, Kevin went out and talked to him. 
where he revealed his suicidal tendencies concerning his condition. He had broken his arm earlier that month. After Kevin pleaded with him not to harm himself, Chris reassured him that he wouldn't, but after Kevin left, he shot himself in the head. He was hospitalized in East Texas Medical Center shortly after 10pm, where he died about 20 minutes after arriving. 18 days before his 22nd birthday, Tushali reports also revealed cocaine and Valium were in his system at the time of his death. Kevin had talked to Chris earlier that day about 100-150 yards north of their home where the apparent suicide had taken place. Uh, or apparent suicide note had been left. He is, uh, yeah, that's it. Then it just says where he's buried. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty brutal. Um, yeah. But I don't know I don't know why they left that out. To be honest. Um, yeah, that is weird. Chris um, had several health problems that limited his success as a wrestler. In addition to asthma, his bones were so brittle from taking. Uh, now I don't know that word. Pre, it's P R E D. N-I-S-O-N-E uh, that would, ha- would often break them while performing simple wrestling maneuvers. After okay. the 1987 suicide of brother Mike, Chris began to experience depression and drug issues. He also frustrated. He was also frustrated by his inability to make headway as a wrestler due to his physical build. That's so they just decided that he was too, too much of a downer to see the one that couldn't even succeed in the ring have regular bone breaks. That's weird. They kind of just omitted him because like Ah, uh, we've already got a couple killing themselves. I know, and they also left out the fact that David, yeah, when he died in the hotel room, mm. he was a father, right, and his baby daughter, okay, died the next year. Oh fucking hell! That's what I'm saying, bro. It's it's such a brutal story. It's such a brutal story. Jesus Christ. Uh. And they also, so I, I, I had a bit, the only issues I kind of had with the movie to a degree, uh, after the fact, I guess, is that like a lot of how, and I understand it's a dramatization of a true story, but a lot of the uh, events and how they unfold chronologically and stuff aren't depicted realistically at all. Right. Uh, Kerry wins the world champion. Kerry beats Ric Flair and wins uh-huh. the world champion belt. Right. We see him contemplating victory at home back on the ranch he's sitting mm-hmm. at the table the belt is there I think he talks to his dad he talks to Kevin but he decides he's going to take his motorbike out for a ride and he crashes and he loses his leg or yeah. a portion of his leg that actually yeah. happened two years after he yeah. won the fight and, and came off the bike two years later now you know again it's a movie you have to take some of these things with a pinch of salt they're trying to dramatize it you know but uh, but sometimes it's just like fuck that you could have just said like fuck it like two years like, as in like this this story is tragic enough without having to kind of like <laughs> t- tweak things to make it just a little bit more tragic or something or something. You know? Well, I was looking at it in terms of like what I, the point I was about to make there earlier was that like what's interesting in the way that it's shot or the way that these tragic moments occur is that Kevin is presented as this character who is completely under his father's spell. He is destined to be the number one son. He he is trying his absolute hardest. He is he is the He's our he's our he man. He's our guy who like gets up early and runs when the other lies in. And every step of the way, in following the father's advice and in listening to his brothers, like when his he kind of he's kind of given moments in each he's given moments throughout the film where he knows what the right thing to do is, but doesn't do it. If that makes any sense. So when his father's being too hard on Mike, hmm, they're all basically under the father's spell. Yeah, when his father's being too hard on Mike, he goes to the mother and says, we need to fucking stop this. And they're just like, no, mm. don't worry about it. When Dave is when Dave is sick in the bathroom, he's like, you yeah. need to go to a doctor. And he doesn't go. And yeah. he finds out. When he's on the motorbike or when he, Carrie's going to get on the motorbike, he kind of has a like moment where he's like, you shouldn't go on a motorbike drinking. Yeah. And, and then by the time you get back around to Mike, it's like, you know this kid doesn't belong in the ring. You told, your fo- you told him at the start, you need to go easy on him, stay away from him. You know, and you're putting him in this position based on your father's mm. mania. So, like, I think the decision to have, like, all of the tragedies happen off screen. And we mostly see them through Kevin's reaction. Yeah. And it's 100%. not until that last one with Carrie that, like, we see this, like, rage and this turn on the father. And it's like, that's the fucking, that's enough. That's This is done. Um, so, ultimately, I enjoyed this film. I thought it was very well made. But I also, it also didn't blow my hair back too much either, you know. So it's sort of like, I think this would have been like a TV movie to some degree. 
um, back in the day. Um, it's I think it's like a three star, three and a half star for me because I like because I just like I just know everyone's gonna fucking die and like I I just wasn't too mad about it. There's a degree of like, do we get much? Of Carrie's character, we see him stretching in the Olympics. He comes back. He's putting some posts up. Oh yeah, for sure. Like you I know, think, it's, it's, I think it's like it's, very two dimensionally like, drawn in some ways. Like I know technically he's one of the bigger names in it, you know, currently for sure. But it's mm. just like it's also like the Zac Efron and Jeremy movie, and it's just like uh, he's in it. He orbits, yeah. you know. Uh, it's just I just to be honest. I, even just reading more about uh, Chris and stuff, there it's just kind of like I just don't know why they had the, the right mouth. But he was in the early version of the script and stuff. But like, kind of what a decision to make. He mm. was twenty one when he died, frustrated that he didn't have the same career. And I think they might have kind of wrote him out also because he wasn't as prolific. But it's just like, but that's he was literally one of the brothers. He also committed suicide. It's so that's so weird. To the story. It's so weird. It's so it's shit, like, man. Yeah, it's kind of a shitty decision. But like, I it's don't so know what shit. the decision making was, it, other than like. It's just a bummer. We're trying to have. We're trying to serve too many of these brothers. This is such a bummer. We're already going to have two of them kill themselves. If a third one kills themselves, it's entering the realm of parody. But it kind of wasn't a realm of parody anyway. Um, oh, I don't yeah, know. Just, uh, do you? Th- did it get? Um, did it get any of the old Oscar nods? Uh, I don't know, buddy. I don't know. Like, I enjoyed the movie. Hmm. Like I said, as much you can enjoy a movie that's as harrowing and as brutal as that to a degree, but. Uh, I enjoy, I, I, you know, fascinating story, but I think it's one mm. of those ones where it's like something, you know, when you watch a documentary about something that you know a lot about and you're kind of just yeah. like, hmm, interesting that they said it that way, you know? Mm. It's like when I watched uh, Society no of Snow. No Oscar When I watched Society of Snow that was based on the plane crash in the Andes in the 1970s. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'd known, I listened to podcasts about it. I watched documentaries about it. Like I, I wouldn't know a good bit about it. And then it was like, interesting interesting choices for some of the stuff that they do like the way they leave out some things and it's just it's just like there's there's a story there and i saw it's just different people's interpretations of these stories but like sometimes it feels like that's that's some pertinent information you're after leaving out there buddy that serves the the truth you know yeah yeah i hear you i hear you it um, but, um it's very odd odd decisions, odd decisions. but uh, uh would i recommend the iron claw would you recommend the iron claw I'd recommend the Iron Claw. Yeah, yeah it, it it does a good job at what it's doing. Um, it like if you if you've not watched a lot of biopics, you're gonna go, "This is fucking great." I've watched a lot of biopics, so I'm just like, "This is little by the numbers," but it's still fucking cool. It's still cool. It it, it look it's good. Uh, Zach Efron, fair play to him. He's in serious soul shape for the movie. He looks uncomfortable though. It looks like he's gonna burst out of his skin. Um, and I mean like I mean like just not he looks uncomfortable as in like his demeanor. I mean like he's just so. so Swole? Is that the expression? He's he's pretty fucking swole. Yeah, if you want to if yeah. you want to use the the parlance of our times, um, yeah. he's he's um, he's swole swole swole. Um, yeah, like kind of. I'd recommend it. People want to go watch it. Go watch it. Uh, it's brutal. It's sad. Yes. And his dad was a real piece of work. Real piece of work. Yeah, and their mother wasn't. The May West Eater. Oh, really? Um, well, just from the well, from the movie. Just from the movie, like kind of distant and cold, and not very. Well, it just seemed like the father ruled the roost, and she just didn't give a fuck. But it also makes it. It also made them out to be like, like I felt less famous than they actually were. And then when you watch it, or sorry, when you then when you watch it, and there's scenes like where they're kind of going to a funeral, and there's hordes of people, kind of like outside, like on the side, like lined up beside the roads and stuff. It's like, oh, they were super famous, you know. Like, I know they were famous, obviously, they're fighting the likes of Ric Flair and all that kind of stuff. The guys are big. But it's just like, they make it look kind of, it's just, it's just, it's, they make it look really small hometowny, and that they're going nowhere for ages. But they're, yeah. they're at the, the top of their game. You know, when they're talking about these fights and kind of like the different tag teams and all that kind of stuff, they're, they're, they're huge deals. They're huge events, you know? Well, that's it. Like, it does look very sort of local, small towny kind of thing, but they were very popular. Dude, they were fighting Ric Flair for the world champion title. You know Ooh. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Nature Boy Wonder Ric Flair? Yeah, he's a Ooh. dick. He is a dick. Um, like he's definitely like a, a head injury. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. So, just as we, as we, as we, as we, because we're doing a brief, a briefer, shorter, shorter version, shorter version. 
not a briefer. Just as we round out the hour here, um, have you watched anything else this week? Um, I watched. Uh, did I watch anything? Uh, well, I watched Queer Eye, the new Queer Eye. Um, that's also that's always just a wholesome lift, you know. I love the Fab Five. Um, and then Emer was watching some Love Is Blind, the new season of Love Is Blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I struggle to watch those shows. Yeah, they're crap. Uh, I sh- well, she was also well, watching harsh, the first sight. And look, I, I, no, look, look. The thing is, I watch my fair share of crap. Uh, yeah. Everybody enjoys crap TV, uh, yeah. and it, you know, Emer and I, pretty much, we watch everything together, anyways. But like, uh, the likes of Married at First Sight is great because uh, Emer kind of watches it, but she's also just like boring flick, like skip it, skip it, because there's so much repetitive, repetitive yeah, shit yeah. in it, you know. Uh, yeah. And then I can draw away and stuff. But uh, it's just sometimes you get just like burned out from the constant kind of argument uh, and f- arguments and fighting. Like I just, I kind, I get kind of like, like this can't be good for you, or can't be good for people to be sitting like say an hour every week watching these couples just like just yeah. not communicate and fight, and it's, it's just like yeah, it's a hard a hard watch. But uh, I don't know if there's anything else I watched of note. I feel like there was, but uh, no. How about you? No, uh, I don't think there was anything particular. I've had a sort of like distracted week uh, that hasn't been uh, focusing on watching things. But what I will say is uh, next week, next week we got two things that I'm interested in watching. And I think we should at least watch one of them before we talk probably again on a Saturday. There's one thing we think we should watch, but the alt to that is I want to watch on Netflix a, a movie called Spaceman with Adam Sandler. That seems to be coming out next Friday. <gasps> Adam um, Sandler, my man. Yes. Um, it looks odd. It looks like, I mean, uh, uh, I don't. Uh, I feel like it's more in his Uncut Gems vein uh, than mm-hmm. in his Don't Mess with the Zohan vein. And that being said, there might be space for comedy in it, in space. Um but in the space, thing, no one can hear you laugh. Do you see what I did there, Adam? Because thing, it's a comedy I movie. It. I heard it was a comedy movie. It. Normally, normally the, the tagline is no one can hear you scream. I don't know what that's from. Maybe it might be Event Horizon, but I'm not too sure. But I did a thing because you were talking about Adam Sandler, who's a comedy actor. So I did this thing where I said, in space, no one can hear you scream. Because he normally elicits laughter from people as opposed to screams. I heard it. I heard it. Dune 2 is out on March 1st. I think we should watch it and we should see it. I have a cinema date with some bucos from my hometown, Ross Compton. And you're going to see... Dune. Dune too? But it's later in the month. Mm. So you and I are going to go see it on Saturday? No. (laughs) 